you to go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. That's going to be our scripture passage this morning. And as you're turning there, I want to tell you about a young lady. She's a Canadian. She's a teenager. She's 18 years of age, and her name is Emma Lim. And what brings Emma Lim to prominence in our world today is that this past week, talking just a week ago, she launched an initiative called No Future, No Children. She's got a website, and this is in response to climate change. This is not a message about climate change. There are some issues there, but this is her personal response to it. She's concerned about it, and this is what she says. She's, remember, she's 18. I am giving up my chance of having a family because I will only have children if I know I can keep them safe. She continues by saying, and you can see this on her website, it breaks my heart, but I created this pledge because I know I am not alone. I went to the website. As of yesterday, there's over 4,700 teenagers who have signed this pledge to have no children. Now, we're celebrating children this morning. We just saw three families up here with new life, and there's more on the way. We're going to talk about God's design this morning because what Emma and her peers are doing is an abuse of the design of God, and that is going to lead to the downgrade and the downfall of humanity as a race if more and more people join in on this. So how do we as parents and grandparents and other concerned adults, how do we oppose this? How do we, how do we deal with this? Well, we go back to the beginning and we look at God's design and then we stand for that. So this morning, in honor of the reading of the word, if you're able and willing, I encourage you to stand for the reading of the word. Just going to be those three verses in Genesis chapter 1 beginning with verse 26 then God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Father, we ask a blessing upon this reading of your word. And now, especially now, help us to understand these principles this creation design, Lord, that we might not only know 
your design, but we would live out your design that we might flourish as a people. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We're going to look at some basic points briefly this morning uh, in our remaining time together that's about God's original design. We're going to talk about how we are created. We are created in the image of God. We are created male and female. And we are created for a purpose. That's where we're going. And each of those is very, very important to grasp and to understand. Why is it so important? Well, you start at, of course, Genesis 1-1, and we have to answer the question, and people deal with this various levels, various times in their life, but why are we here? Why is anything here instead of nothing? Well, simply put, Genesis 1-1, we're here because as a creator, God chose to create. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why is that so important? Is this what our world teaches? No, it is not. What do they teach? They teach that we're accidents. That these three precious babies were up here on this stage, and by default, the rest of us, they're random accidents. They're there's no purpose here. There's no design. It's just chance and time, mindless product of evolution. That's what the world teaches. God's word teaches that we are created because the creator said, let there be, and there was, and there is. As parents and as grandparents, we need to counter that. We need to count. It's everywhere. It is everywhere, this message of evolution. It's in the kids' movies. It's in the kids' um, animated things that are basically good movies. Uh, we've watched them with our kids when they were growing up. Ice Age. How many of y'all seen Ice Age? Animated Ice Age, right? They just throw it in there that we're products of evolution the message is there I want to read this this is from um, Disney Pixar and the hidden message of children's film and it says this the godless naturalists declare that the overwhelming physical evidence not there but that's what they declare makes evolution a fact and it is accepted by all reputable scientists that is not true that is not true. There are reputable scientists that believe in creation. There are sources for you as parents. And why, one of the what your primary responsibility, you as parents, while you're sitting there and you're watching a movie like that and you see something, don't just let it go by. Talk to your kids. Tell them, okay, this is what the world teaches. Yeah, I know this is a movie and we're having a good time as a family. But don't, don't be naive. Don't think that the world is not trying to teach our kids something. And what they're teaching them is ungodly. And we as parents need to combat that, and we need to stand for life and for God's truth. 
and there are resources, the church, uh, Answers in Genesis, it's on the web. There's all kinds of things that we can use as tools and to show that this is not true, but we don't need to just accept what the world teaches. We are created. Not only are we created, we're created in the image of God. If you look at verse 26, and if you look back, and we're not going to do this for the sake of time, but I encourage you to go back and read Genesis 1, the first part of it. And every time there's a God-created, let there be light, God did this, and he says, let there be, let there be. God's a creator, but that's in personal language. But when he gets to man, the language changes. Verse 26, God says, let us. I believe that's a reference to the Trinity. But it's personal. It's personal. Mankind is the pinnacle. Humanity is the pinnacle of God's creation. And not only are we just a, a, a high point, we're something special. Okay, we are not the highest form of animal. You'll hear that kind of talk all over the side. Man is the highest form of animal. No, we're in a separate category. We are not animals. We're made in the image of God. We have souls. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't die for Bambi and Rover and Spot and Freckles and black beauty and whatever else no he died for people people that he created at the high point of his creation in his own image now that's not physical but man humanity men women boys and girls we are created in such a way as that we can have a relationship with the creator animals cannot do that and we need to teach our kids and our children that we are in an ability by default, by creation, that we have the ability to be rightly related to God. And that's where the church comes in. That's where we as family members, and Deuteronomy 4, 6, it talks about as you go daily, it's part of life. It's supposed to be a lifestyle. And we're supposed to do these things and teach them. But we have that privilege. You as parents have that privilege. Oh, and this next point. Uh, I, I'm really struggling with this one these, these days. Look at verse 27. Humans, we we are created in a gender binary, male and female. Now, I'm using that term gender binary deliberately. If you're not familiar with it, you need to get familiar with it because you're hearing a lot in our society and you're hearing it in a not good way. Very clearly, God created man in the image of God. He created him male and female he created them that's important gender 
is a biological reality. It is not a social construct, as they like to say. And you, what, what does that mean? You look around, what are they doing? Our world is saying you can be whatever you want. You don't, you, maybe there's a couple in Los Angeles in the last month had a kid. They didn't on the birth certificate check male or female. They wanted to just wait because they might make a mistake. They're not smart enough to look at a kid that's been born and say this is a girl or a boy. It's not that hard. It's really not. Uh, how you tell that with spiders, I don't know. But with girls and boys, you, it, it's not hard. God said in verse 31 that, and it includes everything, but includes the male and female, and he said it's very good. It's very good. There's nothing wrong with male or female, and if you're born a boy, you stay a boy. You're born a girl, you stay a girl. And in this, notice both equally bear the image of God. There is nothing about men are being superior to women here. There's a difference in roles and in relationships. But before God, we are equal. It's not about superiority, but it's about God's design. And guess what? Now, this is not rocket scientists, but how many children do you have when you don't have one of each? can't have children without a male and a female it's that simple why am i making a big point of this merriam webster the oldest dictionary of the english english language added a new definition of the word they last week this has all happened in the last week or so they you know what they means again not not rocket science they refers to more than one a group they can now refer to a single person whose gender identity is non-binary. That's a quote from Merriam-Webster. And this is what the Washington Post said about that. They editorialized by giving their opinion, and they said they is a liberating, a freeing pronoun for many non-binary individuals who identify as genders other than male or female. What other genders? There aren't any. But this, this is happening. It's happening now. What does that mean? Al Mohler, who's the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, on his program, The Briefing, said, he was commenting upon this particular story, and this is a quote, it says, if you can control the language, if you can change the language, you will control and you will change the direction of the culture. Make no mistake, they have an agenda. And they are attempting and being quite successful in a lot of ways, unfortunately, to change the direction of our culture. And as parents, grandparents, we need to stand against it. 
We don't need to just accept this. This is moral insanity. It, does that end there? No. You know the toy company Mattel? You ever heard of them? Barbies, stuff like that. You know what they did last week? Mattel, the world's first non-binary gender-inclusive doll, hit the market September 25th. And they say this, it's unarguably good that all children are being given the option to play with some sort of doll that doesn't have a neatly assigned gender or gender roles. That's, more, that's the language of moral insanity. That's the language of the downfall of a nation. That's what that is. I see it as the hand of God's judgment upon this nation for its sinfulness. But this is going on. 20 years ago, we wouldn't be talking about non-binary, gender-inclusive dolls. And if you'd have said they referring to a person, you'd have failed the class if you wrote it in, in, in school, and then you'd been laughed at for being someone who doesn't understand basic grammar. But it's being socially accepted in this idea of being on the right side of history. No, forget about American history. I'd rather be on the right side of God's word. You, are, are, are you ready, parents, to be a minority? Because you are. If you believe God's word is true and you believe, like you just said you did a few minutes ago, that you're going to do your best to raise your child according to the standard of God's word, you're in a minority right now. But the good news is God doesn't need a majority. You're on God's side. That's all you need. You can stand alone when you stand with God. And that's what we need to do. We don't need to be caving to societal pressures and buying non-gender dolls for our kids. Hey, you know what? It's okay to let that those little boys play with guns. I mean, not real guns. I'm talking, you know, like. And it's, it's okay to let that little girl play with a Barbie doll or kitchen and stuff like that. That's okay. You don't have to have gender-inclusive toys. You know, God made us different for a reason. And we can celebrate those differences. And we should, and we should affirm it. And then the purpose. We are created with a purpose. What did God say in verse 28? He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. That's the mandate for humans. After the flood in, in Genesis 6, when they got off the boat in Genesis 9, God reaffirmed that same mandate. In Genesis 11, at the Tower of Babel, they were not obeying God's word to go to the nations and to fill the earth. And he brought judgment on them. And he forced them out. And he said, fill the earth. That mandate hasn't changed. It's still for us. It's still with us. 
I'm going to go back to one more quote from Emma Lim. She's a girl I started with. This is from her website. And I want you to hear the language here. Remember, she's 18. There are all of these little things I can see myself doing. Singing to my babies. Listening to their stories. Working through homework. Baking. Finger painting. Going for nature walks. Dancing in the kitchen. And it hurts almost like a physical pain when I realize I might never get to do these things. Because even though I want, she, this is her desire, I want to have children more than almost anything, what kind of mother would I be if I brought a baby into a world where I couldn't make sure they were safe? I want to submit that Emma's response is based on fear based on fear she's concerned about climate change and the world that she may or may not bring a child into so even though she wants to do this and she has a desire because it's a god-given natural created desire and it's wholesome and it's right she's going to suppress that god-given desire because she's wrong about several things. She's, she's trying to do this, and what, what it is, it's extortion, and she's trying to get enough people to go with her that her country, the Canadian government, and by default other governments, will be forced to deal with the things she wants them to deal with. Her first mistake is the state is not the savior. I don't care which state it is, Canada, America, Japan, state can't save anybody. My goodness, ours can't even hardly pass a law. And when they do, they're not good laws. I'm not looking for the U.S. government to save me, and I hope you're not looking for me either. Yeah, we should be responsible citizens and all that, but state's not the solution and her second mistake is thinking that she's going to change or alter God's design is going to be the solution it's not China tried this back in the 70s and 80s with their one child policy they're dealing with economic meltdown over there because they've missed a whole generation or two and now there's nobody to do the work they're even having classes for boys, young boys in high school, to learn how to talk to girls. Because there's a whole generation or so of girls that just aren't there. Yeah. Try to change God's design. It's not going to work out for the better of humanity. Now, what's the challenge? What does that have to do with right now? What, what's the takeaway from this? What are we supposed to do with this? I want to submit to you in, in closing here that God would not have us live our lives based on fear. Now, Emma Lim, she's right. She doesn't know the future. And she's also right in that she can't protect her child. Not a single parent who's in here, including this one, has ever been able to or will ever be able to protect our children. We can't do it. We can love them. 
we can encourage them, we can nurture them, we can pray for them, we can support them. But I don't know the future. I'm not all-powerful. I can't change things. I can't. You can't make sure. You can't ensure that the world is going to be this incredibly safe and great place. You can't. We can't do it. But we can know the one who has all knowledge and all power. We can know him and we can take our children to the throne of Jesus. We can do that. And I would submit to you, to young people, there's there's maybe some teenagers, young people, some that aren't married, some that want, maybe one day get married, and you're thinking, well, you know, I don't know if I can bring a child into this world. I would think Emma Lim's response is one of fear, and it's not pleasing to God. He, according to Romans 8, God does not give us the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, Instead, he gives us a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. What a promise. What a privilege. No, we can't protect these young ones. We can't guarantee the world they live. What will it be like in 20 years here in this country? Based on the last 20, I have no idea. But I can say this. God will be on his throne and God will be watching over his own. The mandate hasn't been changed. If you're able to have kids, have kids. Psalm 127.4 In the hand of the warrior, the arrows, arrows, plural. Talking about God building the house. Don't, don't live in fear. Now, not everybody's able to have kids, and I know that. My own brother and his wife weren't physically able to have children. They've adopted two. They're teenagers now. You can adopt. You can invest your life in others. You're, you're not defined as a failure if you can't have physical children of your own. But if you can, don't, don't give in to fear. Don't give in to fear and say, ah, oh, this is just too unsettling. You know what? 27 years ago we weren't really sure how we were going to do this thing and then when we had the two boys I was done I was on the Alpha and Omega plan I actually said I was in seminary at the time so I was all spiritual and Ange wanted another one I was like this is Alpha this is Omega the beginning and the end we're done And then we, I probably didn't pray as much as I should have, and she really, anyway, our youngest, Meredith, and so far, the only one that's given us a grandkid. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't stop it, dude. I mean, my boys are good, and love my boys, and it's, but, well, I mean, but there was, I was thinking, okay, two, man, that's enough. Uh, I said I love my boys. Hey, there's hope for you. 
<laughs> anyway, God, God would have us experience this blessing. And guess what? If believers, if Christians, if we stop having children, you think this world is going to hell now? it is and the rate might be like this we stop having kids it's going to go like this we don't need to stop we need to keep on with God's design trusting him who is able to do far more exceedingly than all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us Ephesians 3.20 Oh, our God's a good God. He's got plans and plans for these young ones. And I just want, I'm thankful that we're a church that's having children. Pray we always will. But I pray we fulfill God's ultimate design. He didn't create us just to have kids. He created us that we might be in relationship with him. That we might be to the praise of his glory. And that, comes through a relationship with Jesus. As our musicians come and as as Mark comes for our response time, uh, I want you to consider that. Fulfilling God's perfect design, and that is that we might know him through Christ. If you're a believer here this morning, you want to come and pray for family members, other family members, that's great. Altar be open. Pastor James, myself, will be down here. But don't miss out on God's ultimate design, and that's knowing Him through Jesus. If you don't have that relationship with Christ, none of the rest of this matters to you personally. That's where it starts. It's a start, it's not an end, but it's a start for the most glorious adventure you'll ever be privileged to be a part of. Then if you want to come and pray for family, pray as a family, pray for your kids. Some have wayward children. You know I've shared our oldest is is not where he needs to be. Whatever your burden, whatever your need, our God stands ready. Let me pray for us and then we'll enter into this time of response. Father, I thank you for the privilege of dedicating these parents to raise these children. Father, I'm thankful for these and other parents that are having children. And God, may we just be all that we need to be for them and model for them and point them to Jesus. And Father, I pray that not only would we celebrate and amen a message like this here, but God, when we leave this place, may we live it out. May we live out God's design.